started this series about three weeks ago. In the last couple of weeks, uh, if you if you missed it, let me just encourage you go to uh, iTunes or SoundCloud, or you just go right to our website and uh, listen to the audio of the last two weeks. And not because I'm preaching, just because I want you to sort of catch up on what God's saying to our church and what it is that uh, kind of what we're talking about. And really, in series preaching, if you're new to City Hills, most of what we do here is preaching inside a series. And so people ask, well, why do you do that like that? And there's a lot of reasons. The, the main reason is it kind of gives you a chance to catch up, you know what I mean, uh, over the three or four or five weeks. kind of gives you a chance to build the case. I, I grew up in church where we kind of, you know, everything that we knew we told you in one service, you know what I'm saying? And it was just really difficult to kind of walk away drinking from a fire hydrant. So this is really it's a chance to build on, on week after week, and I hope that you're catching up on the podcast with that. And I, I want you to keep pressing in in. Uh, in prayer, and but let me catch you up in case you've missed the last couple of weeks and uh, and you haven't been. I want to give you some clarity where we are today. We're believing God. We're praying for God to do bold things among us. We're praying bold prayers, not small, timid prayers, but bold and audacious prayers. And we're we're, we're saying that if if your prayers aren't bold and audacious, in fact, if you'll pray that way, they actually honor God. Like they don't. They don't turn God, you know, off. It's not like God goes, man, I've never heard anybody ask for that. I don't know if I can do that. When you pray bold prayers and audacious prayers, it actually honors God. And then God, in turn, honors audacious prayer. It's just, it's just this, it works both ways, that you honor God by the way you pray, and then God honors your faith in the way. Here's the, here's the way that we said it. If your prayer requests are not uh, intimidating or impossible to you, then they may be insulting to God. If what you're believing God for isn't intimidating to you or if it seems impossible to you, it may insult God. Matter of fact, I've discovered in my own journey that my view of God, listen close, the way I was raised and kind of my view of God chose me to sort of not believe that He was the God of the Bible. It was the God that I created in my own mind. And a lot of us do that, especially if you grew up in church of any kind of church. We kind of have this idea of God. And in my mind, God was this old man who had a really long white beard who was waiting to squash me. You know what I mean? Like at any moment, it was just, you know, I was saved one minute, and then the next minute I wasn't saved, and I was going to make it today, and then the next day I wasn't going to make it. And I really struggled with my view of God. I didn't think God wanted to answer my prayer. I sure didn't know if God wanted to do anything big and daring in my life. I thought at very best He would just keep me out of hell. And that was really all He could do for me, and that was the hardest thing that we could possibly get together. And so if, if, if you view the God that way, then it determines, listen, your view of God determines... What you ask God for, what you believe God for. If you if you view God, if you don't view God as a loving Father who wants you to have a good thing, He wants His best for you. He wants your life to prosper, your marriage to prosper. He wants things in your life to go the right way, not the wrong way. He wants everything that you have to be blessed. If you if you view God that way, you'll start believing God differently. But if you view God as somebody that doesn't want to do that then you won't ask for that. You, it, it, God is a loving Father. Listen close. He's a loving Father who keeps His promises. How many of you would raise your hand and say, man, God's kept His promise in my life, even when I didn't keep my promises? Amen, everybody. Like He's kept promises in my life, and He wants to do. He wants to answer our boldest prayers. He wants to perform the miracles that we believe God for. He, he's want, he wants to give you the dreams of your heart. Really, I want to talk to you about sort of that, that idea of dreaming today and dreaming something bigger than where you are today and something more than what you've believed God for today. God gets the most glory in our lives. Listen close. God gets the most glory in our lives when our human impotence intersects with His omnipotence. Let me say it differently this way. When our faith intersects with His faithfulness, big things start happening. 
when our faith intersects with His faithfulness, big things, huge things start happening in our life. It's just a fact you can find all through your Bible that when, when we start stretching out our faith to God, it intersects with His faithfulness. Listen, it's not necessarily that our faith is a commodity that we trade with God. It just intersects with the faithfulness of God because that's who He is, everybody. Because He's the God that does answer in our lives and wants to do something incredible and wants to heal you and wants your marriage to be better and wants the dreams of your heart, wants you to believe God for bold and daring things. And so when your faith intersects with that, now big things start happening in your life. But if your view of God is off, and if it's skewed, and if you don't realize how big God is, and you don't realize that God is for you and not against you, then you'll start praying small, selfish, timid prayers and just get by. I call those survival prayers. And really, I lived a lot of my Christianity praying just survival prayers. God, I just need to get through today. God, it doesn't have to be great. I just need a job. Amen, everybody. God, it doesn't have to. Some of y'all single dudes need to be praying that way. God, she don't have to be fine. She just got to be a woman. Come on, somebody. She <laughs> God, I don't need the best house. I just need a house. God, I, God, I don't, I don't, I don't have to be the, uh, the CEO of the company. I just need a promotion. It's just survival prayers. Because you'll start, you'll start thinking small because your view of God is He just is about, I'm just surviving. I'm just, just getting me out of hell. It's just very little, just the bare minimum to get by. You'll start having timid dreams and small, self-centered dreams. It'll be all about what I, God, I just need a little bit to get through instead of believing God for the impossible in your life. Instead of waking up every day and working on a dream that you know that you know that God can do for you. You'll start sort of believing that. Here, here's what I think. I think most of us believe in God, but most of us doubt that He can do anything. <clears throat> I'm not really convincing anybody to believe in God. I'm just trying to convince you that He can do something in your life. Rarely in Texas are you going to meet a heathen. Come on, somebody. Just somebody that doesn't believe in God or just, or just maybe some of you were, but, but rarely you find somebody that goes, I don't think that. But most of the times, listen, even Christians, I'll find people that live in this in-between of I believe in God, but I don't know if He believes in me. I believe in God, but I don't know if He's got good things for me. I believe in God, but I don't know if He can answer in this. And we see God in so many different skewed ideas, and we keep Him small. And, and it's very important, listen, that you get clear about who God is and what He's all about. And when you start praying small and weak prayers, then that's exactly what you get. But if you pray bold, audacious prayers, that's exactly what you get. Listen, here's what I want you to know. Whatever you pray will shape your life. However you pray will shape your life. You need to write that down in your notes. Whatever it is that you pray and however it is that you view God when you talk to God will shape your spiritual life. If you go to God just surviving, guess what kind of life you're going to live? A survival life, just barely getting by, like naked and afraid on TV. Come on, somebody. Just out there all by yourself. Just, I don't know if I can get through. God, just help me get through. God, I don't know what's going to happen. God, please, God, please, please, please. I see these people all the time. They come to church and it's, every Sunday is God, please, God, please. God, please, please, God, don't let it be today. Please, God, don't let them cut the lights off today. Come on, somebody, please, God, don't let it be today. God, please don't let, don't let me lose my job today. God, just let it go. God, don't let them leave today. God, just very survival prayers. The converse is just the same as well. There's some people in this room, people in this church, people I've met in my life, people you've met in your life, who God has done amazing things for. And you look at them and you think, man, why did God answer big, bold prayers in their life? Could it be because they believed God for big, bold prayers? Because however your prayer life goes, so goes your, uh, the rest of your life. 
However it is that you believe God, however it is that you talk to God, however it is you view, it will shape the rest of your life. So I want you to learn how to pray. I literally want you to learn, and for some of us, relearn how to pray big, bold prayers. Because God wants to show up in your life. He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal your marriage. He wants to help you get your finances in order. He wants everything in your life to reflect His work. He wants to perform miracles in your life. He wants to perform miracles in our church. Listen, He's already done that. And, and we're, we're almost a year old, everybody, in just a couple of weeks. We're going to celebrate a big birthday. It's going to be absolutely bananas in here, everybody. And by bananas, I mean cake. Come on, somebody. Is it, it's, going, it's going to be big. We have guest worship leader. It's just going to be dynamic. I'm telling you, I, we're going to tell stories of God's faithfulness. It's, it's just going to be bananas. I want you to fill the place up on September the 24th. Uh, it's going to be great. But the truth of the matter is anything that's ever happened in the life of our church in the last year, listen, and the miracles that God has done, we've got a long way to go for what God's given us. We've got a ton of vision. We're believing God for the impossible. But listen, anything that we've accomplished this far is a direct result of what we believe God for in prayer. Now let me ask you this. Look in your life right now, right where you are. Be honest. You're the only one that knows. Is, is where you are in life where you want to be? Is it the marriage you want to have? Is it the job you want to have? Is it the dream that's living? Are you living that out right now? Do you feel that purpose that you know that, that, that God has for you? And if not, could it be a direct result of how you've spent the last year or the last couple of years or maybe for some of you the last several years of your Christianity believing God for the small and, 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 and minor and something that's not big? Here's the way I like to tell you. I really want you to grasp this. Every miracle that has ever been done for you, every miracle that's ever been done for you can be traced back to a prayer that you prayed or a prayer that somebody prayed for you. Let me say that again. Everything, every good thing in your life, every miracle you've ever seen in your life, if, if your kids have been sick, how many of your kids have been sick and God's answered your prayer? Let me wave at me right here. Come on. If you don't believe in prayer, you will at 2 in the morning when your baby's fever's up. Come on, everybody. You'll start talking to God and believing in miracles. Everything that's happened in your life is a direct result of a prayer that you have prayed or a prayer that somebody's prayed for you. Maybe you're like me. I'm I'm fourth generation. I, I don't have I don't have any preachers in my family, but all of my family have been in church, served God in a spiritual church for four generations. And, and I got to be honest with you, you're looking at a result. The, the, any anything that happens in my ministry, any impact or influence that my ministry has, is a direct result not of how good I am. It's somebody that's praying for me. It's an 85-year-old grandmother. How many of y'all got somebody like that that's praying for me every day, all the time? It's a mother that's praying for me and dad who just shows up to church week after week faithfully giving and serving and just praying for me. Listen, there, there's some of you that you know you're only here because somebody else prayed you in church. If that's you, just wave at me say, man, that's me. Like, I know it's my mama, it's my dad, my auntie, she prayed for me. She knows I was lost, I was a sinner, She know, and she just kept believing. Every miracle in your life is a direct result of a prayer that you've prayed or that somebody's prayed for you. God decided in His sovereignty, listen close, that some things in your life, I want you to grasp this, listen close, that some things in your life will only happen as a matter of prayer. That there's some things that will be impossible in your life except... Unless you pray about them. There's some dreams you're never going to see fulfilled unless there's prayer involved. There's some stuff you're never going to get fixed in your life. I don't care how hard you fix it. And, and that's 
Some of you, that's the most frustrating thing in your Christianity right now is you're working hard to fix what's wrong with you and it's still not working. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying. I'm reading the book. I'm going to the class. I'm go, we're going to counseling. We're doing all that stuff. But listen, there, there's a, I'm going to read to you in just a moment. There's a biblical precedence. There's some stuff in your life that will never change until you make it a matter of prayer. Here's, let me give you the example. Mark, the ninth chapter. Mark, I told you last week, Mark's a descriptive book in the New Testament. It kind of tells a lot more details. And there's a story of a young man who's possessed by an evil spirit, a devil. And, and, his, and the disciples are there, the twelve disciples are there. And they're trying to cast this devil out, but they're unsuccessful in doing it. Kind of like some of us with our two-year-old. Come on, somebody. I don't know, maybe just me. And we're trying to, and they're trying to cast this down, and they're, and they're, and they're getting frustrated with it. And, and, and so Jesus comes along, and he rebukes the devil, and the, and, and the, the evil spirit leaves the little boy alone. And the disciples are confused, and, and they look at Jesus. They say, why weren't we able to do that? Listen close. Before you see the scripture, look at me. That's where some of us live. Why, why can't I get this right? Why can't I ever, why can't we just get it together? Some of you have asked that this week. Like, why can't we get our marriage together? Why can't we get our finances together? Why can't we just get this together? Like, I, I don't understand, Jesus. Why isn't this working? We're doing all the steps. Why isn't this working? That's where the disciples were. We did everything we thought we were supposed to do. Why isn't this working? And, and, and Mark, the ninth chapter, the 29th verse says this. This kind, here's what Jesus said. This kind, underline this in your Bible. This kind can only come out by everybody shout prayer. Now listen, I know this is a stretch because this is talking about demon possession. And, and some of you, that's not what you're dealing with. Some of your kids, you, it may be what you're dealing with. I don't know. Some of your spouses, I'm just. But I, I know it's a stretch because this is a very specific about, about demon possessions. But let me be honest with you. I really believe this is a principle in God's word. That there's some stuff, there's this kind of stuff in your life that will only happen by prayer. That you can work on it all you want to work on it. You can do everything that you want to do. There's some stuff in my life, some hang-ups, some breakdowns, some habits. Some, 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 they will only come out of my life by prayer. It's the only way it's going to work. That the reason why you can't get that together is because you haven't asked God boldly for that thing. And, and here we are blaming God, going, God, I don't understand why this isn't working. God goes, well, you've never asked me to help you with that. You've been carrying it all along. You've been doing it on your own. You've been working on this on your own. So... I was just going to let you work on it till you invited me into this. James 4 and 2, one of my favorite passages and really one of the most telling passages in all the Bible. James 4 says this, you do not have because you do not ask God. One translation says you have not because you ask not. This needs to be your life verse this week, James 4 and 2. I want you to write it on your mirror in lipstick unless you're a dude and then write it in soap. You do not have because you do not ask God. You're telling me that the difference, that the only thing separating me from a better marriage is asking God? That's what James says. You're telling me the only thing that's separating me from the dream that I feel like God's given me is me asking God? That's what it said. It said there's some stuff in your life you don't have right now, not because you don't deserve it, because that's where some of you are living. You think, well, I don't deserve it. I don't want to bother God. I, I got Everything's good. You know, I hate to go to God with this. I don't know. Or some of us you know, have this view of God that God really can't do that anyway. I don't know if he had. And James has said, no, no, no. The only reason you don't have what it is that you want is because you won't ask God for it. Because you'll ask everybody else their opinion. Should I leave him? I don't know. You'll ask Facebook. Come on, somebody. Looking for recommendations, <laughs> you know. And you... Should I leave my divorce attorney? Whatever. 
But I, what do you think? And you'll get your girlfriends together. And you'll, get, you'll get your dudes together. I'm pastoring you right now. Listen close. You'll get everybody together and you'll say, what do y'all think? Well, I don't know. Be a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know what to do. Y'all tell me what you do. And she tells me what to do. And she tells me. And then, and then you go to the next one. Y'all tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. You, here's what's on. And, 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 you, and you go to everybody in your life. You call your mom. You call your dad. You call every. You read every book. You go to every class. You watch everything. And the Bible says the only reason you don't have it is because you, you haven't asked the right person who could really fix it for you. You haven't been bold enough to go to God and go, God, maybe you can fix this. How many miracles have not happened in your life simply because you haven't asked for them? I really want you to ponder that. Like how many things have you passed up that are simply just because you haven't asked God? You ever looked by and thought about a missed opportunity? It's one of the things that frustrates me the most is, is when, I, when I think, man, I wish I would have got in on that. Anybody? You ever looked at an invention and thought, I thought of that before they did. Anybody ever do that but me? I do that all the time. Should have wrote it down. I should. I should have told somebody. <laughs> like I should. I should have. I should have put it on Facebook so everybody knew I invented that before y'all did. Like I, I thought of that before. It's just a missed opportunity in my life. Listen, some of the most frustrating parts of your Christianity is when you're going to look at a miracle and think, "Man, I could." You mean I could have had this a long time ago if I would have asked God for it? You mean this could have been? I could have saved myself a lot of heartache. I, we could have saved a lot of money on counseling. We, we we could have saved a lot of time. We we could have gotten further down the road in our life if we just would have. Gone to God and asked God for this. Yeah, but I don't really know how to pray like that. That's what we say. I don't really know. I, I don't live a perfect life, and so I don't know if God's going to answer. Listen, the good thing about the God of the Bible is you don't have to get it all right. You don't have to live a perfect life. You don't have to have eloquence. You don't have to say it the right way. God is not limited by your imperfection for Him to be perfect. Shout amen to that, everybody. God isn't limited. Even when I pray something that doesn't make any sense, His answer is going to come to me out of out of perfection. It doesn't, there's some times in desperation you just go to God and go, God, I don't even know here how I'm supposed to say this. I don't know that I'm saying this the right way, but I need some help in this particular area of my life. And so many of us are missing out the miraculous in our life just because we, it's not because we lack the faith, it's because we, we just don't know or we're afraid to take God at His word. We just don't know how to say. And the Bible says we don't have because we don't ask. So I'm going to boldly ask you today to ask God. I'm going to ask you to ask God. Some of you need help in a broken relationship. Some of you need a financial breakthrough or a better job or a new job or a spiritual breakthrough. There's some spiritual breakthrough that some of us need in our life. Maybe an emotional healing or physical healing in your body. Or maybe it's, maybe it's for loved ones, a spouse or kids that are far from God. Maybe it's, for, maybe it's for the Holy Spirit to come and give you power to overcome some habits in your life. Maybe it's just purpose in your life. You know, I just feel like I'm, I'm directionless and I don't have, I meet with, I meet with you know, 20 year olds a lot and, and I thank God for that. Our church is full of young adults and I love that. And, but I meet with some 20 year olds sometimes who say, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. I just need purpose. I just need God. Well, listen, you're not going to find it at UTSA. Come on, somebody. UTSA is going to be the vehicle. You know where you're going to find your purpose? When you ask God. God, what am I supposed to do with my life? God, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to Which, by the way, you're supposed to stay right here in San Antonio. He told me to tell you. you. You want to know what to do in your life? You ask God what to do in your life. For some of you, it's a dream. It's a business that God put inside your heart. It's a dream to go back to school. Sean, where you at? Sean, Sean, where you at? Wave at me. Stand up. I want everybody to see you right there. Stand up, Sean. Sean, uh, Sean is in her late 20s, to 32, between late 20s and 32, had a successful career, stay standing, had two grown children, 
just miracles all throughout her life, serves like crazy on her dream team, and later in life, in her, in her early 30s, decided to go back to school and become a nurse. Now listen, it wasn't easy. As a matter of fact, the school she was in, she had gotten almost through, and the school closed down, everybody. Lost everything, all the work she had done. She's been driving a couple of hours every day to another campus in another city to finish. And last week, she graduated nursing school. That's a brand new nurse right there. You say, hey, this isn't possible. How did, she's just determined. She's got something I don't have. No, no, no. I know what she is. She's a woman of prayer. That's what she is. She's by her mother today. Any miracle in her life, because her mother prayed for her, it's because she prayed for her. It's because weekly she would reach out and say, Pastor, pray. Look, I just want to get through this. And we would pray. And God got her through. You say, I, there's some dreams in your life. Some of you are in your earliest 30s. And you need to go back to school. You need to do the thing God called you to do. How do you do that? you got to believe God for more than where you are. you got to stop praying timid prayers and get by prayers. You got to start saying, God, I want to know what you want in my life and I want to make it big. I want to believe God for the impossible. Everybody shout amen to that. So I want to I want to talk to you very briefly about what it's why it's so important for you to define what you need for God to do in your life. When Sean would text me, it would be very specific. It'd be, Pastor, I need you to pray about this. Like I literally, I remember one week there was a there was a situation with transferring. Um, some tra- they had lost some transcripts and all that, and it was very specific. We, I, I need this piece of paper to be able to make it to this office, like for this to work out. There's some stuff in your life you're going to have to get very specific about, and you're going to have to define to God, this is what I want you to do. Let me tell you a story that kind of illustrates that. Matthew, the 20th chapter, the Bible says this. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, and two blind men were sitting by the roadside. Come here, two blind men on the front row. It's what y'all get. They, y'all don't have to sit, but they were on the wayside. They're blind. You have to close your eyes. They're blind, and they're kind of searching around like, yeah, don't, don't knock something over. There you go. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. They heard that Jesus was going by, and they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Best blind men I've ever seen. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder. Say it again. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now listen close. They get louder. And everybody tells them to be quiet. And Jesus stopped and he called them. And listen to this. I want you to write this down in your notes. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Close your eyes, everybody. Now Jesus, not everybody. I'm sorry, just the blind dudes. Jesus is standing in front of two blind guys. And he says... What do y'all want me to do for you? Well, Jesus, I don't mean to be sarcastic, but <laughs> there's, there's this thing I don't know if you can notice right now. I don't know where you are, okay? I can't see you. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it, it seems to be pretty obvious. This seems like a cold, callous. We, we saw this last week when Jesus would walk into the room of, the, of Jairus' daughter's dead and said, Don't cry for her. What are you talking about, Jesus? We're blind. That's what we want you to do for us. Why, why would you not answer that? Listen close. It wasn't so much that Jesus didn't know what he wanted them to do. It's because He needed them to say out loud and define what it is I want you to do for me. Because it's not enough for you to know and him to know. you got to open your mouth and start defining what you want him to do for you. Thank you, guys. 
Jesus is going into Jericho. You remember Jericho. Jericho is that Old Testament uh, place where Joshua walks around the walls. And you remember they, walk, they marched for seven days around. On the seventh time, on the seventh day, they give a shout and the walls come falling down. And God delivers on a 400-year promise. And it doesn't make any sense. Why would you walk around walls? I need a battering ram. I don't need to walk around shouting. I need ladders and catapults. I don't need to march. But remember, listen close. When God answers your prayers, He may use a method that doesn't make any sense to you. When God finally comes through in your life, it may not make any sense about where it comes from. That's the same Jericho that they're at. That's the backdrop of this whole story. And so these two blind men are there, and they're on the same road that Joshua had walked by. And everybody knew the story that Joshua had won this battle, and that God had done that. And this is now hundreds of years later, and these two blind guys are there, and Jesus is walking by. And they, and they just start hailing him like a taxi or something. Like, hey, come over here. And they're shouting and people are telling them, hey, you got to be quiet. Don't say anything. Jesus has got to be like he's got work to do. And everybody's trying to be proper. And some of us grew up in churches like that, that, you know, that you, you couldn't you couldn't do anything because it was it wasn't proper. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't cry. You couldn't raise your hand. You couldn't tell anybody. You couldn't really cry out. And it's a reason why. Let me let you know a little secret here. It's a reason why we like loud music here. Because I want you to be able to sing and not feel intimidated. Like nobody can hear you sing. You know what I'm trying to say, everybody? Y'all don't need to sit down here because your boy is going in right here on this front row. <laughs> Y'all don't understand in front of me, but I'm in front of the speaker so I can sing just as loud as I want to. Some of you, the, the, the crowd in your life has quieted you down. Don't ask God for that. That's crazy. Don't ask God to heal your marriage. You, you, listen, you've already got one that's broken. This one's going to break too. You, you've got family who's, who's discouraging you and telling you, don't, don't bother him with this. Like, don't, don't, this is crazy. Don't, 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 don't keep asking for that. Like, God's not going to do that for you. There's some dreams that you've told some people in your life, and they say, I don't think so, brother. I mean, you're, you're older, you're past your prime. This is not going to work. You're not going to have the money. Nobody's going to believe in that. And the, and, the, and the crowd starts quieting you down. The Bible, one of the things I love about these two blind guys, the Bible said that all they did was get louder. It, like if you, if you, listen, because there's some stuff in your life, if you'll get desperate enough, you'll do anything. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If you get desperate enough for God to move in your life, you'll do stuff that doesn't make sense to anybody else. They tell you to be quiet, you'll get louder. They tell you to quit coming, you'll, you'll come more. They tell you stop giving, you'll say, I, I'll increase that. You, that's crazy talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy until you know that you know that you need a miracle. Then it's not crazy anymore. Then when Jesus is passing by, now, now they get louder where they are. Now, now they start, and, and, and Jesus asks the craziest question, what do you want me to do for you? It's obvious what we want. I thought you were God. You should already know. We're blind. We're a blind couple of beggars. Why would you? Jesus isn't being calloused or clueless. He wants them to say out loud. He wants to make sure they know what they want Him to do in their life. Let, let, let me say it to you this way. Write this down. Every miracle will be born out of somebody knowing precisely what they need God to do. And then speaking it as a bold and passionate and sometimes gut-wrenching prayer. If you don't take any notes, this, I don't know why you wouldn't take notes, but if you don't take notes, take this one. Every miracle in your life will be born out of somebody knowing precisely what they need from God and speaking it as a bold and passionate and sometimes gut-wrenching prayer. 
some of us need to understand that God's for us. But we also need to understand that God wants to do something for us. Some of us feel unworthy to ask Him about our need. And some of us feel so blessed already. I don't want to bother Him. I don't know if I... Well, why, I got a good job. Why should I ask Him for the better job? I, I, we got a house to live in. Why should we believe God for more? Our marriage is okay right now. It's not on the rocks. Why should we ask God? Some of us have gone so long trying to work it out on our own that all you're really doing is, is continuously trying to work it out on your own. Not being precise with God. Not saying, God, here's what I need you to do. I need you to do this very... Thing. Look, look at Hebrews 11. I'm almost done. Look at this. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith, that's what we've been preaching about this whole time. Now faith is being, look at this, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now listen. If faith is being sure of what you want, then being unsure of what you want is what? It's a lack of faith. You know the reason why you're afraid to ask God for, for a very specific thing? It's because you don't know if He'll do it. Because faith says, I'm going to be very sure that He knows I'm blind. <laughs> Just in case He don't see me over here with these glasses on looking like Stevie Wonder, I'm going to tell Him out loud, I'm blind. That's what I need you to do, just in case you're wondering. You, you think it's a surprise to you? It's a surprise to God that your marriage is struggling. Listen close. Look at me. You think God didn't see the tears that you've cried late at night when nobody, everybody else in the house is asleep and you, you, you've been up crying? You, you, do you really think God doesn't know what's going on in your life? No, no, no. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. Do, do you really think that, that, that God doesn't see the, the stuff inside of your heart? The Bible says He gives you the desires of your heart. You know how that dream got in your heart? God gave it to you. That's how. Because He gives you the desires of your heart. Do you really believe that God doesn't that God doesn't know you're out there all alone? No, no, no. None of that's true. But you're going to have to ask Him for it. You're going to have to get precise and start saying, this is what I need. This is my faith. When's the last time, listen, when's the last time you got down on your knees and cried out for God to do something big in your life? When's the last time you laid flat on the floor in your, in your living room and you cried until your eyes were swollen and you said, God, I'm desperate for an encounter with you. Like, i got to have an answer. When's the last time you wrote down very specifically, not this is what I think you could do. God, just be with us. God, just help us. No, no, no. God, I want you to fix him so he will quit hitting me. God, I want you to fix her so she'll love me again. God, I want you to save my kid, and here's his name, and here's where he's at. God, he's living with this person. God, he's doing this thing. This is the drug he's addicted to. This is how long it's been. You say, that's crazy. Doesn't God already know? Yes, he already knows. But you have to say it. You've got to define, you've got to precisely say, God, here's the big thing I'm asking. Why? Because faith is being sure of it. You got to spell it out. If you're sick, you got to you got to spell out healing. If your daughter's far from God, you got to spell out salvation. If your marriage is on the rocks, you got to ask for reconciliation. If you have vision beyond your resources, listen. This is where I live as a pastor. I always there's more vision in front of me, and I say, God, how are we going to do that? And then God talks to your heart, and provision shows up. It just it always works that way. God, this is what I need. God, this is what I need. God, this is the dream I have. God, this is the promise I have. Now listen close. 
Here's what Joshua said. Let's go back to our story in Joshua and son, stand still. Listen, you remember I told you on week one, if you're going to, if you're going to get something from God, you're going to have to march all night long for it. Remember, God made the sun stand still for Joshua, but the Bible says he marched all night. You're going to have to get up and work for it. You're going to have to say it. Listen, somebody once said that God doesn't answer vague prayers. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe He does. But I just know for me, there's some times when I've been so generalized in my prayer, I'm not really sure if God answered it or not. It's not so much that God didn't answer vague prayers. They were just so vague, I couldn't really tell. Look at my eyes. Everybody in the room. I want you to pray so specifically that there's no doubt in your mind that God answered that prayer. Two weeks ago I said, God, what do we do? Do do, do we take this next step as a church? God, we're not even a year old. How do we go? How do we take this next step into a ministry space? God, I've got friends all over the country who've planted churches who aren't as far along as this. How, How dare I ask for this? I said, God, listen, I don't know if you've ever done this. I did this. I said, God... If this is your will, I need this amount of money. Literally, when I tell you to the penny, I, I gave God a penny number. Come on, somebody. I said, God, this amount of money. My hand, you asked my wife. I, I see the financial report. We don't handle that, but I see that report. So help me, God. God talked to one of you. And that, I saw the report. And I literally, on Monday morning, I looked at Brandy. I said, we got to so call him. We got to go forward. She says, how do you know? I said, this is how I know. Because I was very specific. I said, God, here's what I got to know. And we just keep walking forward. And, and since then, there's been miracle. I wish I could tell you. I will tell you one day. There's been miracle after miracle after miracle. Because you got to tell him. What, what are you passing up on that you're just afraid to ask for? What is it that you need God to do for you? I asked you that on the first week. Stand up with somebody that you came to church with. Come on, everybody in the room standing. Take somebody by the hand. I asked you on week one, what do you need God to do? I don't just want you to, I don't want you to write down some vague something. I want you to revise what it is that you ask God for. Listen, our team's moving into place, but nobody else is moving. Take somebody by the hand. I ask you to ask God, what do you need God to do? Some of you need to go revisit that. Make it a little bit more personal. God, I don't just need you to fix my marriage. Here's my spouse's name. It's John. John's been away from church for 15 years. John got hurt at the last church we were at. John's an incredible guy. He's got a ton of gifts. He's called by God. But he's hurt. And he's bitter. And he's far from you. And right now he's sitting at home in his recliner while I'm here. Would you talk to his heart? That's what I'm telling you. That's the kind of prayer I want you to pray. I don't want you to pray, God bless my business. I want you to say, God, the name of my business is this. God, we need this amount of money every month. We need this many customers coming in the door. God, we need to turn this much profit. You say, that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy until you're blind on the side of the road and Jesus is walking by. Matter of fact, why don't you just close your eyes and let's just imagine. We don't have to imagine, really, because Jesus is here with us through through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's imagine He's walking right in front of you. Would you do that? Close your eyes and with your mind's eye, would you let Him just kind of walk right in front of you? And as He walks in front of you, 
I want you to, I, I, and ju- whenever you feel it and however you feel it, I want you to open your mouth and maybe just whisper. Maybe you'll say it out loud. Say, Jesus, here's what I need. J- come on, those two blind guys said, listen, I know this is you. I can feel you when I can't see you. I feel that you're passing by right now, and I feel like you're talking to me. So I'm asking you, Jesus, would you have mercy on me? Come on, say something like that out loud. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy in my situation. Jesus, answer this prayer. God, would you give me the desires of my heart? God, would you fix my marriage? God, would you touch this child? God, would you heal this? Come on, I want you to tell him out loud. Don't say, God, to heal my body. I want you to tell him, God, I'm tired of dealing with diabetes. God, I'm tired of dealing with this back pain. Come on, God, I'm God. This is the thing I need you to do. This is the miracle I need. God, we don't just need a new house. I need a new house on the north side of town. It's got to be this big. I need it in this school district. God, I, God, you're a miracle worker. And when you finally answer this request, I want everybody to know God answered this. There's only one way that this happened.